one extra thing. Uh, we're not going to do Ryan's math here, but Young no. does have two swords. So I think that may play <laughs> into <laughs> We have so little respect already. All right, move on, move on. We won't, we won't do it. We won't do it. Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 16. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hetch. What is up? What's going, going on? I missed all of you guys. All you beautiful I people. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> today's going to be a very tranquil day. <laughs> a very calm day. We're, we're going to really sit down and find our inner peace. <laughs> As I stand up. Connect to the spiritual world. That's our stand-up. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're back. Let's, let's hop into some housekeeping. So as always, you can listen to us anywhere, everywhere. Uh, follow us on Twitter. That's the easiest way to keep up to date on episodes. That's at Podcast Core. That's Podcast C-O-R. And you can send any email to Podcast Core. Not any email. That's, you know, let me not... You can send respectable, safe-for-work <laughs> emails to podcastcore at gmail.com. We do not want to hear about any Nigerian princes out there that exactly. need an investment to get their riches. Uh, isn't it crazy? It's funny you bring that up because the whole Twitter scam thing happened. I don't know if people have seen that with the Bitcoins. We won't yes. go there. But, you know, like, follow, short review, comment, send us coins if you want to. My bit, my, bit, my Bitcoin wallet address will be in the show notes. <laughs> oh, no, they know the secret behind Casuals of Room Terra now. Our funding. <laughs> the veil's been pierced. I know, right? And as always, tell a friend to close their eyes and indulge in the soothing sounds of the Casuals of Room Terra uh, podcast. I, how do you do this? Every time you just <laughs> hurt my feelings state of the game <laughs> state of the game um so what decks have i been playing so this time i have had a chance to play because we had a little bit more time between episodes you did it i know i did it and i found a deck that uh caught my interest uh obviously following runtex deck uh runterra decks on twitter to see what people are posting uh you know some masters people and there was a deck that was posted that was a lucian uh zed rally deck uh which i found to be very fun Plays around, obviously, Illusion's ability uh, to rally once flipped. Uh, Zed has that pressure that will be around forever. He's a staple in those type of aggro decks. And then at the top end, you're doing some scout stuff to, to finish things off. And I think the most attacks I've had in a turn was uh, I had on turn six, I got four attacks. That's is that not the most satisfying it's, it's experience sickening. of your life? It is sickening because the guy was doing everything he could, but like <laughs> resources. I essentially played it so that I would not only have the rallies ready to go and have that set up, but also to make sure that he had he misused his mana. Right. So that I would be at the advantage with the open attack. And once I got that, I was like, all right, you're done, buddy. You just don't know it yet. (laughs) Yeah. um, Because obviously my experience is definitely more with like Quinn and Misfortune. But it really like those are the kind of decks that like just capitalize on people's mistakes because it's so easy to suffer two attacks and then go, okay, now I'm free. (laughs) And then you're not like all of a sudden (laughs) here comes number three and there's no way they're going to be four. (laughs) And to have all like to have all those phases and to still be able to have mana up to have counterplays and stuff. It's, it's sickening because it's, it's Ionia is the other 
so obviously uh, Ionia Damasius, so that gives me options to do like obviously denies and will of Ionia. And the, so the two strongest cards or yeah, two of the strongest cards in the game from a counterplay perspective. What are you playing? Um, so I have dove in as far into my degeneracy as possible. Oh, and really? I He's have back. been. I have been going back to a deck that I tried to build forever ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a Demacia Ferreliord list that is Lux and Fiora. And it is just oh, yeah. trying... Like, it's basically just the Demacia Ferreliord with the Mage Seeker package. And mm-hmm. the Mage Seeker package and Lux is, are the stars of the show. Yeah. Uh, but it's one of the decks of, like, if... Fiora survives one turn, you legitimately are never getting rid of Fiora. Yeah. Fiora will not leave that board, and that is the win condition. I will beat you while you're at 20 life, yeah. and I'm at one, but Fiora lived, and that's how the game ends. <laughs> otherwise, it's just lasers upon lasers upon lasers upon lasers. It's, a, it, it's not a fun deck to play against, and it is honestly a very... It's a bullying deck when it gets ahead, but it's yeah. super bad because it's super slow. Yeah, the, the early game <laughs> on that deck is tough, but it, it, it puts a lot of pressure on the aggro player or the mid-range player to play their opener right. Because if they screw up or they drop it or if even they get the bad pull right off of the draws, then it's your game. It's just a matter of time. Yep, yep. And it, it's just not a good deck because it is playing on that you know a mistake that your opponent's going to make and but they feel pressure to do it because it is just like oh my god this looming (laughs) reaper scythe above their neck (laughs) and it's speaking in a french accent and it's just like i don't i don't like this we gotta we gotta go now (laughs) just just a little sprinkle sprinkle a little salt on top of it a little flavor i mean that's what we're about Uh, here at cattle's runeterra and then the other thing was i was playing a lot of the aram uh, decks yep. and which was a lot of fun. I desperately tried to get a couple like control champions lined up, mm-hmm. and I would just get pooped on by Zed Lucian decks over yeah. and over again. I, it was I went against like three guys that had like turn one, uh, turn one Zeds into Lucians, and then like there was one deck that that I remember the most that was like turn one Zed into. Lucian in a two drop into Thresh, and it was just like, oh my god! It like, it's like literally anything dies on the board, and something is happening good for him. <laughs> and so then I just was like, well, screw this! I'm done. I'm going home. <laughs> but I had a blast. Nice, nice. See you back, back in the hole, back, in, back in your lab. <laughs> Um, so let's hop. Let's hop in this main topic here. Sound of the wind. So by that title, you can tell we're talking about you know two of the duders from Ionia uh, that are more in touch with their, I guess their earthy side, like their their mother their nature, their spiritual side. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna start with our spells. So my spell is Yasuo's Steel Tempest, which is a card that not that great. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> it's 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 probably one of the earlier cards in the in the in the sets overall, and it is very narrow. It is meant to fit into his kit. Uh, it was part of the complaints at the beginning why Yasuo was difficult to play because his cards were so narrow and his deck was kind of justified just by the flavor itself. But it is flavorful. Um, it's a three cost 
fast spell that has stun and attacking enemy. So that's a lot there, right? The reason it's not that great is, you know, one, it's fast speed. Uh, two, it only stuns, so it doesn't really take anything. It only takes something out of combat. It doesn't take it off the board. It doesn't kill it. Uh, and then three, it has to be attacking. So there's a lot of cases there um, that you have to jump through to get an effect that's not really that valuable. I think this card will be buffed in the future, depending on what else they bring out, um, especially with what we'll talk about at the end um, with the Ionio focus coming up in the next expansion, maybe, or what 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 League is kind of giving us. Uh, but my favorite on this card is the quote, which is Hasagi. Right. And that's that's his that's his thing. He, uh, for all the fans of Mega Bogwai out there, yeah. has a key. Has a key. <laughs> Can we get in this door? It's okay. Yasuo has a key. <laughs> Tornado. <laughs> um but yeah, flavorful card, just not that great. Uh still see some play though. Still see some play. Um uh, and it's the other side of Yasuo when he's when you have an, another copy in your hand. So that's one benefit. Um, what do you have for us spell wise? Um, so I, I was going to take a look at, you know, you know, since we're really getting into our spirit here, we yeah. must look within. <laughs> and that is the insight of ages, yeah. um, which is a really f- a fun and quirky card, a two mana burst spell and create in hand another spell from your regions. And if you are enlightened, create two instead. And, uh, it's, this is always one, like when I first started playing, this was one that I immediately kind of wanted to try to play with a good bit because Mm -hmm. of coming from games like Hearthstone, the RNG elements are always just fun. And, and Hearthstone, I was a very, I was very fond of playing rogue, which is very keen on doing, you know, grabbing stuff, getting random spells. And it was, so this was already just something that seemed like fun for me. And then I ended up just going to aggro because I'm a shameless person. (laughs) Um, But I still do like this card and it's also fun to play with because it doesn't see a lot of play because it is just so out of your control. um, I really have only seen this like splashed into like some Heimerdinger decks that, you know, just want to have something guaranteed that they can go ahead and just get a turret um, for dangerous situations or just for emergency blockers and stuff, or to just kind of try to find gas in their hands when they're falling low. And, but the the quote on this one also is uh, uh you know kind of going back to our last episode on the avatar yeah. feeling because you know when your hope wavers know that you are never alone <laughs> <laughs> so it like they gonna kind of go back to that one you know it's let's, let's talk about going into the avatar state yeah. going into the spirit realm to talk to the past avatars <laughs> oh my gosh roku knows the way man but the uh yeah so that's that takes us to that card yeah i've seen that card like you said splashed a bit um and as far as the rng aspects the cool thing about it from the competitive standpoint is it's hard for your opponent to know what you got right so when you get two cards it's like okay what could these be and now i have to play around all, all these new options um that may have become available to my opponent so that's what makes it kind of fun um when yeah. it's manageable all right, so this takes us to our follower section, and naturally, my follower is Yone, Wind Chaser. 
And what a we, shock. I know. What a shock. I mean, Wind Chaser kind of tells you everything, right? So we'll get into it in Yasuo's part when we get to the story. But he's Yasuo's older brother, half brother. And it's a powerful card. Um, it's a seven cost six, six that when played stuns two enemies. So this card was always used as like a one or two of at the top end in a Yasuo deck. Once again, um, it's a very narrow case. I have seen them a few times outside of that um, as a closer, but it's meant to end the game because when you think about it, your opponent's board is limited to the six characters you can have on the board. So if you say that, oh, well, if I play this, I'm automatically taking out two, right? Like if they had a full board, you're taking away two possible blockers. So if you have a board ready to attack, you know, even if your opponent responds by playing something, another creature, he has to destroy a creature because it stuns them. It doesn't remove them from the field. So, or it doesn't remove them back to their hand. So it's, it's a cool card. It's very difficult to play against on paper. You would look at it and be like, oh, you'll never get a chance to play that. It, won't, it never works out. But every time you play against it, you're pretty much put way behind and there's just no coming back from it. Yeah. And, and it is one of those things where people didn't really consider like how big of a tempo swing it was yeah. just because you only, the only thought was combining it with Yasuo. Yeah. And I think it was Mega Mogwai that combined this yeah. in a deck that he was playing with Katarina. Yes. And all of a sudden that just, you know, oh, it's just a stun. Like you're not removing the threat or anything. So if you can't capitalize big on it, what's the point? Yeah. Uh, if you're adding more attacks, <laughs> that's a pretty big way to capitalize on I a know. stun. Guarantee things can get through. And it's, uh, I, I have, I have liked saying that more people are experimenting with it outside of the Yasuo shell, yeah. but it's also the most terrible, like I hate turn seven against Yasuo decks. <laughs> Like I'm just like, yeah, oh, try not to get there. Just like, to... just please don't have it, dude. Like, come on, like, please just only run one yeah. and have it be on the bottom five. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Mina, who's also ran alongside Yone, which is like, oh, I, if you didn't die after Yone, wait till you see my homegirl. <laughs> wait till you see, wait till you see my homegirl. Whose man's is this? Whose man's is this? And then Mina shows up, and you go, ah, no, not like this. <laughs> so, what do you have for us with the followers? Oh, and I have one one extra thing. Uh, we're not going to do Ryan's math here, but Young no. does have two swords, so I think that may play into. <laughs> <laughs> We have so little respect already. All right, move on, move on. We won't, we won't do it. We won't do it. Uh, all right, so I, uh, I'm i looking at one of the newer ones, the newer toys that Ionia has gotten so mm -hmm. far, which is the Scales of the Dragon. Um, this is a three-drop that is a 4-2. And when I'm summoned, create a Dragon's Protection in hand. And Dragon's Protection being a two-mana slow spell, yeah. Grant and I an ally plus zero plus three and this card uh, recently got buffed because it got buffed up with the attack as far as up to the four two and it's also it's kind of strange because it's not on ionia theme mm -hmm. like the, especially the spell that you're getting out of it um like it's a it's not like a fleeting spell or something that's encouraging you to do the two spells a turn, like mm -hmm. a lot of the newer Ionia cards were encouraging. So it's not, you know, it's not really a bursting out for your hand. Yeah. And it's the buff on it is 
specifically grant an ally plus zero plus three that's permanent so this has got like a real frail yard feel to it like yeah. you're just dumping a big booty on somebody and you buffing up those stats and you're doing it at slow speed too which it's like it's cool because it's in a set like ionia has a deny so they can get away with running some slow spells that other decks wouldn't be able to run um, but this one is just it almost feels out of place but everything else about the card especially like the art yeah. the name uh, the quotes of the character when he hits the battlefield the quotes on the lore is all just like screaming ionia uh so the card was just all like always one that like i've that's caught my attention and <laughs> i've been trying to find a home for it but it's just a very interesting card yeah. and especially now that it has more attack i've i have been playing around trying to find a more aggressive style deck to put it in and to try to abuse the spell also to keep my stuff alive yeah. to really get in for that end but like four damage is not something to scuff at like yeah. you got to pay attention to that if you don't have a, a solid way to de defend your face against four yeah, I agree. But, it's, a, it's a cool card they, that definitely, after the buff, can tell is pushed because they want people to play it. And it just really hasn't found its place yet because so many cards are playable, which is so – that's a great thing about this game. Um, that it it just takes one person to find an interest in it um, and, and to find uh, a way to use it. So this takes us to our champion section, and we can finally get into it. So we're starting with Yasuo. <laughs> Well, starting with <laughs> starting with the story that just like man like if this doesn't hit like close to your middle school <laughs> self like you're just lying <laughs> this is a throwback to to one of the challenges shoot like earlier episode it's been so it feels like it's been so long it feels like it's been, it's been a year already but it hasn't it's just <laughs> it been 2020. <laughs> <laughs> but Yasuo, so Yasuo is a similar archetype, which we've seen in the sense that we just talked about Zed, right? So Yasuo is like this impatient student, but he's talented. Uh, he is catching the eye of one of the masters, specifically master of the wind technique, Elder Soma, at their, not village, but their training area i don't think they ever talk about like what that temple is called um but during a noxious invasion after he trains yasuo who's now the second person that anybody's aware of that knows this technique um yasuo is forced to stay behind as a bodyguard for master soma while people go investigate what the noxians are up to but he ends up making the poor decision you know as a young lad he decides to leave his master's side to seek out battle and he ends up stumbling across something that we'll talk about in the future which is an event of just a bunch of dead bodies but not from the sake of a battle uh and it's dead bodies from both sides so it's not like there's any dominant force uh being confused he's like all right cool i'm gonna bounce <laughs> <laughs> so he leaves to go back just to find out that upon returning, people have their swords drawn, they're ready to take him down, and he finds out that Elder Soma was killed, and everyone thinks he was the killer because they believe a wind technique was used, and he's the only other person that was taught the technique. So he decides to run away, or I guess he's kind of exiled, he has no choice to go on the run, uh, and part of that journey is to find the true killer of his master because he feels bad about it, and this is 
this is the interesting part because they do talk about him essentially becoming an alcoholic. Um, he starts to drown away his pain um, while looking for this true killer because there's no clues. He has nobody on his side. He's a fugitive. He knows he didn't do it, but he's partially at fault for leaving um, and leaving his master without someone there to protect him, which he was supposed to be doing. And at some point, he's confronted by his older brother, Yon, who's also hunting him for the sake of the 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 temple. And he's forced to kill him because, he you know, he's better than Yon is. It's always been that way. Um, but Yon won't let down because Yon does think he killed his master. So he kills his brother and in his dying breath doesn't get any reprieve. <laughs> he's just like, why did you do this? Why have you brought this forsakenness upon yeah. us? Uh, he passes away and it later finds out that Soma was actually accidentally killed by Riven. Which we'll probably find out. I think they're going to bring her out because people are clamoring for it. And there's a lot of cool stuff you can do flavor-wise with her card. Uh, because she is originally a Noxian um, exile who comes to Ionia um, and then has the sword, the relic, and we'll, we'll get there. Don't worry. In due time. But even with that, you know, once Yasuo is still roaming around, essentially living a nomad lifestyle, just drowning himself in the guilt and the booze. He can't. Sake. He'll never. Yeah, there's, there's actually like no way for him to find solace anymore um, for anything because it's his fault. He left, so his master was killed. Therefore, his brother had to hunt him, and he had to kill his brother to survive to find the killer who they found out did it by accident. And it's just like there's no win here. So there has to be a new calling. Um, which it's a uh, it's a storyline that kind of reminds me of a lot of the storylines for from the Witcher series. Yeah. If uh, for anyone not familiar with it, the Witcher just kind of works off of you have to make a decision, and there's a bad one, and then there's a worse one. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Like, it's just life is always bad. It always sucks, and that's just yeah. how the Witcher works. And, and if any, like you know, we talked Yasuo about just. Got it. Bad, bad break yeah. after bad break. And no wonder he's carrying around a gourd filled with sake because yeah. I would, too. It's a very samurai story, too, in those old style of films where it talks about, you know, the code and honor. And I mean, Ghost of Tsushima's out. Everybody's playing that. You're, you're getting a lot more of that, that flavor. So, you know, props to them for taking that route with the character beginnings rather than kind of making it just a cut and dry, you know, happy go lucky. Like, oh, now he's forgiven. Nah, it doesn't work that easy. Uh, but let's hop into the card. So Yasuo was a very interesting card. Uh, very interesting from when he came out. Uh, but once again, was super narrow. Uh, with the expansion, they tried to give him a little more tools. People play him more. You are seeing him a bit, but still not as much as I think I would like. I like this card a lot. Uh, but it's a four cost, four, four with quick attack. Uh, when you stun or recall an enemy, I deal two damage to it. And then... When you, to level him up, you have to stun or recall five plus units. Uh, and then when he flips, he's a four cost five, five with when you stun or recall an enemy, I strike it. So he deals his damage to that enemy. And a lot for a lot of cool play, right? When it came to dealing two damage, because it takes into effect the left to right positioning of cards as well. So if you do like AOE effects, he can level up in the middle of that since level up is like a split second type thing uh, behavior. Yep. So that creates a lot of cool things where it might deal two to the first two, but then it flips and then strikes the other ones um, to do some cool things there. So it it feels this is the card that probably has the closest feeling to 
the care the character play as far as like comboing and it looking cool because all the animations are amazing how many times are we going to say that? Like, I know, we, right? We say that every time. <laughs> I'm going to end up saying it when we get to Lisa. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Like, Riot has just shown time and time again with this with the card game that they've really taken a pride to translating League of Legends yeah. into the card game. And Yasuo was no exception. It's Because yeah. it really does feel like that uh, – in League of Legends, when you get that big, you know, uh, trampoline effect of like off of a big Wukong ult yeah. and everybody goes up in the air <laughs> and then Yasuo's in there. Yep. And the card game reflects that perfectly of just like, God, the sword in the background. <laughs> And uh, like it's they've just they do such a good job and Yasuo like the animations of Yasuo combined with the cards like Yon and Yasuo yeah. when they're both on the field together and the way that they're telling their story at the same time. Yeah. Like I think that is probably most specific to Yasuo in the card game is how well the story is put into the cards. I don't I don't really get that same feeling with anyone else except like maybe Lucian and Senna. Yeah. And it's like it just feels great. It's one of the most satisfying decks, but it's it's just also kind of linear because yeah. you know what a Yasuo deck is gonna do. Yeah. They're gonna stun. Like that's all they're they're gonna stun, maybe recall. <laughs> that's all they got. Exactly. And you just pray to God you can do something about it before he flips. <laughs> so let's let's talk about the blind bandit himself. <laughs> the blind bandito. <laughs> um, so I, I spoiled it a little bit, but I, I'm going to be talking about Lee Sin, the blind monk. And it's we said it in this episode. We said it in the prior episode. There is a theme when it comes to these redeemed characters. Yeah. And that is they were impatient <laughs> and arrogant. And... Lee Sin is no exception to that. And so Lee Sin went to a temple, uh, specifically a Shojin monastery, uh, to study. And it's a, the Shojin monastery is one that really tried to connect with the spirits of the spirit world. Their goal was to you know, deepen their understanding of the spirit world and communicate with that world. And the spirits were this really plays heavily on a lot of far eastern uh, uh spiritual beliefs in the real world kind of like shintoism and a little bit of buddhism and hinduism as far as spirits taking the form of everyday uh, animals and and objects uh, we get a, to see a little bit of that in the Lee Sin story it's kind of pops up more in Udir's story, which, I mean, hopefully, we were talking about how Riven may show up in the game. Mm -hmm. Udir would be a great one to bring into the game, too. But, it, you know, it's not about him today. <laughs> and Lee Sin, as a very talented young boy, took a 
very deep interest in the the dragon spirit and of course like the you know one of the most powerful spirits out there is going to call to someone who's you know talented or gifted and again well he had said that lee sin was impatient and arrogant so he sneaks away within the hidden archives of this shojin monastery there's always hidden archives it's like hide them better like <laughs> how come in all of these stories that we're talking about hidden archives we're in the hidden archive that's not hidden anymore that's just archive b <laughs> like just just hide it better uh, but lee sin gets into the hidden sneaks his way into the hidden archives he learns a very secret and frowned upon techniques as far as communicating with the spirit world and he decides to show his new understandings of these techniques and i'm putting understandings in quotation marks here uh and he unleashes the dragon spirit while sparring with one of his masters and he Bruce Lee kicks the guy into being a paralyzed human being. Oh, no. Right? Um like it's very much the Iku and guy goes flying. <laughs> and so he paralyzes his teacher. That's obviously the big reveal that hey, guess where I've been in the not so hidden archives. And he gets banished from the Shojin monastery. And he while he is out trying to come to terms with his banishment, it very much he's still kind of in his own head that uh, they were wrong. He clearly has talent, he's gifted, and he is trying to figure out why he would be banished for that. And along his journeys he does run into Udir they have adventures that hopefully we can talk about later, mm -hmm. but the, the big ending of that is that he ends up hearing about the war of Ionia against Noxus. So he decides to run back to the monastery. Udir is like, I'll, I'll run back there with you too. And when they make it back to the monastery, a giant battle has broken out. And the Shojin monastery, all of the monks... Though they practiced the martial arts, they're sworn to peace yep. and they're sworn to solidarity amongst humankind. So they're not fighting back. They're not resisting. They're just Avatar getting slaughtered. the last airbender again. <laughs> it's the air nomad tribes. <laughs> Don't tell Nickelodeon. Don't tell Nickelodeon. <laughs> but so while... While Lee Sin shows up and, you know, sees this slaughter happening, Udair jumps into action. He stands there and waits. And then in this moment, he realizes that, you know, if he is going to commune with the spirit world, he must find a way to maintain peace. And the peace that he wishes to maintain is the peace that the, that the monks studied and committed their lives for. So he decides this is the last time and he taps into the dragon spirit. But because he's found true peace, he fully unleashes the dragon. <laughs> and he is engulfed in the spiritual flames of the dragon, which ends up making him blind. And he goes on a Bruce Lee kicking rampage. And at the end of this rampage, he ties a bandana around his bl now blind eyes, grabs a cane, tries to walk away. And the monks say, you now have found understanding. Come study with us. And that's the birth of the blind monk yeah. of Lee Sin. Cool. And uh, 
This is also what I think this is the first real story that we've gotten into that was retconned by Riot. Yeah. And um, they definitely kind of I love that they've connected it more with other regions like with Udyr. And it's kind of building more to hopefully us seeing more with the spirit realm and kind of getting more understanding of the world of Runeterra. Even though the original story was awesome and graphic, and anyone out there who's curious, go read it because Lee Sin had like my all-time favorite story. But it was, it was definitely like, oh, this is real, dude. Let's talk about the most confusing card when it came out (laughs) that nobody really knew how it worked. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the card. The card is as as just involved as Lee Sin's story is. It is in there. So Lee Sin is a six mana, three six vanilla card. Now his text is when you cast a spell, give me challenger this round. And if you cast another spell, give me barrier. <laughs> So you have to like it's going to the theme of casting two spells in a turn, but like this, everyone was just so confused as far as how to best utilize this card, especially since cards that were coming out with it were redundant on Lee Sin. It was it was a nightmare. But you know we're we're getting we've gotten to a point where we get it of just you know you give him Challenger and then you can give him Barrier with two card investment. And his level up is where it gets really crazy. Um, he levels up if he is if you have cast seven plus spells this game, and when he levels up, he becomes a four seven. He still has when you cast a spell, give me challenger, and cast another, give me barrier. But now, if he has challenger, and he attacks a minion or a follower or a champion if he attacks another minion while he has challenger he strikes it or he casts dragon's rage on that character instead of just attacking and it's very hard to explain in words like i i'm saying the effects like <laughs> verbatim and i feel like i'm confusing myself just trying to read it off like how it works but the the big goal is that he he does cast dragon's rage on whatever he's grabbing and dragon's rage is um usually a seven mana slow spell and what an ally kicks an enemy into their nexus striking both and if the enemy survives you recall it <laughs> basically you so, win i mean you should just say like, by this point in the game you've won if you pull us off <laughs> the game is you, over Congrats. the game is the game is done yeah. um it's i it, it definitely is like they the build up to a big win condition but it's also like i wouldn't even argue that like the game's over if lee sin flips because you can like there's a lot of shenanigans that you can yeah. do with like your control minions. Like if you're playing in an Ionia deck and you're able to recall your stuff, the spell fizzles. Like it, it all just kind of fizzles out. Yeah. Or if you can get rid of Lee Sin, it fizzles out. Um, like if someone taps out on you and they don't have a way to, you know, really give Lee Sin barrier and stuff. I mean, he's got a big body, but like he's still just very removable. Yeah. Um, it's, 
he's a weird card, but there's uh, the fact that he does so much, like anyone who's played card games for a long time, you see a wall of text, you're going to figure out how to use that wall of text. Um, And I've seen a lot of uh, aggressive like well mid-rangey decks that run him in noxus and give him overwhelm so that yeah. you kind of go past that whole uh you know recall outplay or worst case he dragon rages you <laughs> and he still hits you <laughs> like it's like there's there's a lot of fun stuff yeah. with uh lee sin he's definitely a cool card and by far the coolest in my opinion the coolest flip animation period of like the the band him putting the bandana over his eyes and like the way that they like show the shape of his face on it and the emerald coming in it is like that i get high it's like (laughs) like a shot of adrenaline every time i see lee sin flip and it's just like yeah kick (laughs) him let's talk about hype as we shift into the fate of the game here because we want to talk about the League of Legends Spirit Blossom crossover. So this event's been kind of interesting because there's no real direct place you can go read about it. It's just been little hints and drops of things. So League of Legends is releasing a skin bundle. And usually they do this as a precursor to them releasing another chunk of story, right? So they did this with Bilgewater. And for this one, obviously, Spirit Blossom is related to Ionia. So we're getting a, a list of skins for like Vayne. Um, we got the reveal of uh, Lilian, Vayne, Lilia, Lilia Thresh, Timo, yeah. and Yasuo. Exactly. And what they're thinking is this may be the first time you have, now that you have Runeterra as an actual game and League, um, obviously both being involved. Blizzard does this with Hearthstone as well. Um they're going to do a crossover event. So we might get some skins, we might get some, you know, sleeves, might get some new characters, uh, might get some new cards, like a little bit, like a one card off kind of thing situation. Um, they might introduce gold cards. That would be cool where you can get a different art for a card, which would be something that I think people want to start, you know, pimping out their decks. Now, a lot of people have full collections, which would be cool. So, yeah, this this also came along with a trailer uh, that was in the style because this was all announced during the anime expo um, and announced during the anime es- expo specifically talking about bringing the anime stylings into a lot of different genres and a lot of different games art style wise. Uh, and you- you're seeing a lot, you know, to vary a little bit further, you're seeing a lot of anime effects bleed into like South Korea and China and Taiwan, and they're all getting involved in different animations and have had their own anime style uh, things come out, shows come out. So it, it makes sense that you're starting to see more influence. It's growing like wildfire in the West. It has been since the 90s. So that's cool. That's cool. We we, we think it's cool because we the crossover event would be awesome because that means that anything that happens for League of Legends has something to play. It might could affect, you know, uh, Room terror moving forward or potentially vice versa yeah. especially since we yeah. are still seeing a big growth into the game of rune terror yeah. instead of just only growth in league of legends uh you know as long as they're able to kind of like have this symbiotic re- relationship that'd be fantastic and uh like i personally would be super hype for you know alternate art cards yeah. like you know you know anyone out there who has like been 
ba- nurturing and babying a Yasuo deck <laughs> since beta. Yeah. You know, like changing a little cards here and there, flipping everything around with the new Noxus cards yeah. that came in. You know, like they just this is their love child. And if they could have alternate art cards for Yasuo and Yone, yeah. like you know they're on it. Like and like uh, for me, like the I would. I would actually shell out to get like an alternate Thresh card for the Spirit Blossom Thresh because he just looks like a regular human <laughs> yeah. being instead of the Anime chain villain. warden nightmare <laughs> creature yeah. that he is. Yeah. And it's like Husbando, hello. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like you know, the the art just looks great as far as with that so it's like come on please riot this we know you're teasing us too much now we need an answer and in a few days we will have that answer it's supposed to drop all on the 22nd so two more days from from when we're recording this oh no we dated it oh no <laughs> what have we done they got us they got it's us it's coming out on the 22nd which is an indisclosed amount of time <laughs> from this recording amount of time <laughs> um but it is time for that time in the episode where oh. I have a little task for you. And this one might How take a little bit, you. but you've been crushing it lately. This one's fairly easy. So you have to come up with one enlightened phrase. And it has to be short and it has to touch the soul. And I'll give you some time while I have mine here ready to go. Uh, let the eternal sun reflect on the droplets of your soul. Did you just look down at paper? Like you, you, you've prepped so hard. <laughs> How dare you? I'm oh, the warden no. and I control this game. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um. Reach deep down. Crap. Okay. okay. Uh, I, I gotta, I gotta find it. I, I need to find my center. I need to hit ten mana and become. And if you light. steal it. The listeners will find out, and you will be sued and prosecuted at the highest form of enlightenment here. Um, Okay. uh, All right. um, So, the even the darkest side of the moon can find reflection in the shining of the sun's light. Okay. Yeah, that works. I'm talking out my butt here. I'm I'm useless. (laughs) No, like no no one quote me on this. You're gonna leave the temple now. Come back. (laughs) No one quote me on this. We're not airing this episode anymore. (laughs) It's like they're gonna put the quote out there and have a bunch of ellipses like (laughs) in between, and then a question mark at the end. (laughs) That's awesome. You did good. You did good. But. As always, that's how we finish up the episode. So thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with the next episode. (laughs) Take care, everybody.